0: Hello Grace Church, Uh, my name is Ben Abusada and I am the Director of Worship Arts at Grace and I just want to welcome you to our service, our online service. If you could take a moment, since you're watching online, hit some hearts, hit a like, share this video with your community of followers on social media, we'd appreciate it. It's like inviting them to join you into church and we'd love for you to take a moment and do that. And as I mentioned, um, my name is Ben. I'm the Director of Worship Arts here at Grace, and our desire for everybody that watches a message is they learn more about who they are in Jesus. So I want you to know, who is Jesus and who am I in Jesus? Um, I would like to also thank you uh, for your love for this church, for the community of believers at your campus, for for being a part of allowing the Lord to use grace to love the communities that we are all in. Uh, My family and I personally this past year have been deeply impacted by your love. So I just want to personally thank you for the fire and the passion that you all have for Jesus. So thank you on behalf of our family. This year, um, as a church, we are participating in an initiative called One Message. And if you've been following us along these past few weeks, you've heard about how important it is for us to have a fire for our relationship with God, a fire within ourselves for our neighborhood, and a fire within ourselves for our cities. And today, what we're gonna talk about is having that fire for the world. So be sure, if you've not ever done it, if you haven't had a chance to do this, go to visitgracechurch.com slash one message to learn more about this initiative and learn more about the message, which is the gospel. The good news that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again for the purpose of bringing eternal life to every person we meet. As we embrace this together, our desire is to see everyone become outward-focused by sharing the good news with family, friends, neighbor cities, and the world. So in our current series called On Fire, the question we have asked ourselves each week is, am I on fire for Jesus? Is my relationship, is my worship of God all-consuming? Am I in a place of being willing to listen to the Holy Spirit's direction? Do I let the Bible direct my life? Or am I in a place, are you in a place where your priorities and desires rise above being on fire for God? So our theme verse for the series, as we've mentioned these past few weeks, is Jeremiah 20 verse 9. It says this, then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name, But his word was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. Is that you today? Are you a person who has the word of God, has it burning up like a fire shut up in your bones, being weary of holding it back? I want to encourage you today to listen to God's voice and listen to him speak to you, hoping that perhaps maybe God can reignite a fire in your heart for the world, for Jesus. So would you take a moment, let's just pray together and ask the Lord to meet with us as we, um, as we continue through this, uh, through this passage in Romans today. Father, we are grateful for your grace, grateful for your word, and we are grateful for the Holy Spirit and how you speak to us through your spirit. And today I pray that um, for all of us watching online, that you would speak to our hearts, show us in our lives the things that we need to really truly surrender as an act of worship Uh, we pray that you would just consume like a fire every part of our lives, every part of our heart. And I pray that that would be the desire of all of us uh, as we are watching today. We love you and ask that you bless this time together. Speak through me and just let us have a good time opening up your word and learning what it means to love you more in your name. Amen. All right. So as I mentioned, we're going to be in the book of Romans today, Romans chapter 10. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn to that. Um, I want to... Kind of share a little bit about um, about myself. Um, one of the areas uh, of the worship arts ministry at Grace that I get the opportunity to lead is the communications team. Um, now I have to tell you, I seriously love, I enjoy the area of communications because I love marketing, I love social media, I love embracing technology. And in 2007 and 2008, I was one of the first people at Grace Church that was showing people, hey, have you seen this new thing called Twitter? And uh, people were like, what is Twitter? Well, it's a way for me to communicate to you what I'm doing, as if people cared. Um, But I was trying to help people understand in the beginning what the purpose of social media is and how it could actually benefit people. In fact, I was such an early adopter of so many things. If it was Vine, I was there. Uh, If it was Foursquare, now that's an old one, I was there. In fact, I was the mayor of several restaurants around the South Overland Park campus, including the mayor of South Overland Park, Grace Church, because I had checked in so many times. I think I booted several of you people that used to participate from the mayorship of Grace Church at South. I was an early adopter of Facebook. Um, So I love that aspect of, of communications. But in the routine of consistently always being connected and this is something we all are we're all connected maybe not in the same ways with social media but it we find that it can be incredibly easy to get news with the flip of a switch right sometimes you don't even have to flip the switch it just shows up on your phone and it tells you what is happening on the other side of the world instantly so in my routine of being connected i find it incredibly easy to get that news so fast you know, we no longer have to uh, wait for Peter Jennings to tell us what happens, uh, it happened in the world at the end of the day at 6 p.m., right? Some of you are like, who in the world is Peter Jennings? Well, let me just tell you, if you know who Peter Jennings is, welcome to aging. Um, we don't have to wait till six o'clock, we can just get it right on our phone. So, what I find is it's incredibly convenient to see what's happening, but then turning off the phone. And what I realized is that as I do this on a regular basis, I found how simple it also became to read a story and no longer be affected by that story. Sure, I might share it, but the temptation is there to share simply to be the first one uh, to pass it along to friends, right? So this year, I began asking the Lord um, to allow me to see people, to see events, to see tragedies through the eyes of God, good things, bad things. I wanted to see things through his eyes whenever a news item would pop up. Like when an earthquake happens on the other side of the world, I stop and I pray for the people affected directly, uh, praying for brothers and sisters in Christ who are directly in the area to be able to love the people in their greatest need, pointing them to a Savior who loves them. So it oftentimes takes intentionality to allow God to transform your mind, especially when we become incredibly numb to God's love for the world. So it's important for us to just silence things sometimes and really just be focused and ask God to reveal things through his eyes. So as we take a look at Romans chapter 10, uh, verses 12 to 21, I want to ask this question. Would you say that you're a person who could say, I am on fire for the world? Am I on fire for the world? Are you caring for people on the other side of the globe, outside your state, outside your boundaries? Do you care for those people the same way you care for your neighbors, the same way you care for your family, the same way you care for your friends? Because if you don't, then there's just this little part, there's a part you need to adopt to see God, to see things the way that God does. So let's read Romans 10, verse 12. It says this. It says, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, Paul is writing this letter uh, to the church in Rome, and in this letter, he's reminding the church there's no difference between Jewish people and the Greek, which are the Gentiles. This is, and you have to keep in mind at this time, this is a very profound and bold position uh, because of the cultural uh, differences in the, in the religious upbringings that these two people groups had. So Paul's making the statement that in the eyes of God, saying that in the eyes of God, status doesn't matter. It makes no difference. Your cultural background doesn't matter. Where you're from doesn't matter. Your, um, your status doesn't matter. We as people all come to salvation through the same manner by calling on the name of Jesus. And this encouragement to the church of Rome was to remind them that they should be considering the people outside their immediate cultural identity. So let's see this. Uh, there's a passage in Matthew um, that illustrates Matthew 28 verses 19 to 20. It goes directly to the words of Jesus. It says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. You see, the message of Jesus wasn't just for them to hold onto and share in their community, but the message of Jesus is meant for the world, for all the nations. And that's our first point in today's lesson, that The message of Jesus is for the world. Now, with this knowledge, how then can we as a church be satisfied as believers in the freedom of the gospel, uh, in the freedom that the gospel brings with letting our neighborhoods and cities hear it and not be on fire for the world to hear it? So here at Grace Church, uh, we believe so highly in the importance of this message that we actually tithe. We give 10% um, of our yearly giving, giving to missions. Uh, We also invest in opportunities for gracers to experience firsthand what it's like to see and uh, take advantage of missions trips. So if you've never taken one or if you've never explored that, I want to encourage you guys to go to visitgracechurch.com slash mission trips, um, and you can see there's like almost, I think there's 12 or 13 Uh, mission strips out there right now over the next couple years that you can explore and uh, take a look at. So I encourage you guys to do that. Step outside your your box and uh, take a look at what it means to take the gospel to the other side of the world. All right, and that brings us to point two. God calls us to share the message of Jesus with the world. So in Romans 10, verse 14, we'll continue. It says, "'How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed?' And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, have you ever thought, um, I've had this thought before, man, that guy sure needs Jesus. You know, the person in your life that you continually find yourself irritated with, uh, or someone that you're like, man, that guy, that guy over there, he really needs Jesus. I've been in positions where I've thought of that, and I found myself in in that position. Uh, but oftentimes we forget that, hey, we are the ambassador of Jesus to take that message to that person. And so this, this first verse in, in 14, uh, this verse in 14, uh, chapter 10, verse 14, it says, how can we expect, first thing is, how can we expect anyone to follow Jesus if they don't believe? Number two, how can they believe if they've not heard? And three, how can they hear if nobody tells them? That's our responsibility is to tell them. Instead of being frustrated with people who don't align to our values or, or people who annoy us or whatever, or think that, man, they really should be a Christian, it's time for you and for me to get up and have the courage to actually share the good news. We can't expect people to know something uh, without hearing it. And that's what, uh, what Paul is saying. All right, so continuing in verse, verse, uh, verse 15, it says, And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So you may be saying, but Pastor Ben, Ben, I'm not, I'm not a preacher. I can't stand on a stage, or I can't stand in front of a camera and, and, and preach the Bible like this. Well, let me just tell you, the the word preach is so much more than what we as a 21st century Western church defines it as. We can all declare, share, and show the gospel through conversation, through our actions, and our love to others. It's not just talking about an exclusive group of people who stand on a stage um, presenting the word of God in front of 300 people. That's not what preaching is about. It is about every person embracing the idea that I own this gospel. This gospel is mine to be able to share it to somebody else. So when I'm going to share a story when I was uh, when I was 18, how I came to Christ. I was 18 years old. I was dating a wonderful, beautiful, awesome young girl at the time, and um, she was a Christian, and um, and I was not at the time. So, and the, first of all, let me just tell you, it's my wife, Addie, and. <laughs> and and we love sharing the story, but at the same time it's always like, oh, I hate the idea of you know we're we're helping share the missionary dating thing well this wasn't this isn't what this is about what this is about is the fact that my wife my girlfriend who is currently my wife at the time um had the courage to follow god's prodding and God's voice and listen to how he was convicting her to follow after him, and so she began to talk to me about the gospel and then Friendships that we had developed in within the church that she was attending; um, those friendships were uh, were the same age, so eighteen to twenty one years old. And so we kind of went we went to a, a young adults type group, and I wasn't even a believer. And I started attending church, and uh, what had happened was I was developing friendships with people who were believers. And it took probably about it was about four months or so of just me interacting with those people that. They began to ask, they would ask me questions about faith, and I would ask them questions about faith. And see, the way that I measured my spirituality, I would always tell people if they asked, I would always say, yeah, I'm a Christian. If they said, hey, Ben, are you a Christian? I'd say, yes. And here's why I knew. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I never murdered anybody. And I never cussed in public. Those were my measurements for what faith was at the time. Oh, and I did think the Bible was an important book. However, what I began to learn from those relationships with people, they began to share with me, hey, in Romans, you know, it talks about how Romans 3.10, it says, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that seeks after God. So you may think, like I may have thought that I was good enough to be in the presence of God, but God says, nobody is good enough by any action. It's through his righteousness, Jesus's righteousness through the gospel But because of the friendships and the people around me simply investing time in me, not being preachy to me, you know, preachy in the way of, like, condemnation, but they were preaching to me because what they were doing in their conversation was preaching the good news and sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's the thing that led me to Christ. A small part of it was going to church and hearing a preacher on a stage But the majority of the things that influenced me were the relationships I had and the people that were just simply investing in who I was and caring about me. Too often we make preaching complicated. And if you follow the way uh, that Jesus interacted with others, you'd find oftentimes it was simply caring enough about others to listen and hear them. And when you take that time to invest in the lives of others, when you take the time to know their name, listen to their story, you know, doors begin to open for those moments to share the good news of Jesus. So God has called us all to take the one message beyond our walls and borders because if we don't, how can they believe if they never hear? So are you living in a place of urgency and care to take your eyes off of your problems, your situation? And I know things can be hard. Our situations can be hard and things, life can be difficult. I totally, believe me, I understand. But are we able to take our eyes off of our problems and our situations to see the people God is placing in your path to love to care for and share the gospel with. We spend so much time investing in things that may even be good things, or even just things neither good or bad. They're just things. But what do you want to be known for? Do you want to be known for your political views, the things that you're uh, sharing on social media and spousing out there? Or do you want to be known for your sports team fandom, um, your economical status? Uh, Maybe you're all about serving in church, doing all the good things week in and week out. And I've been in this one where I'm just doing all the, this work and then I come to the end of, of my time on a weekend and I'm like, "What did I encounter God? I don't feel like I really did because all I did was sweat and I just worked. You're never taking eyes off of yourself or the busyness of doing church things and you're missing opportunities to preach the gospel of peace to those around you. So I just wanna encourage you, take time to look up and see who God is putting in front of you because of what, what we just heard. How shall they believe if they've never heard. All right, our our third point in this uh, message is Jesus will make his message known to the world. Now, let's continue in Romans uh, chapter 10, verse 18. It says, but I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. Now, when we opened up this passage in verse 12, we saw that Paul was addressing the concept that there is no longer neither Jew nor Gentile. They were all brought to salvation through the same way by calling upon the name of Jesus. And Paul's, uh, to help illustrate this point here, Paul quotes Psalms 19.4, which explains that God has made himself known in creation itself as well. Uh, The heavens declare who he is um, day and night. The people rejecting the idea that Jesus was the Messiah are without excuse, according to scripture. All right, let's continue. In uh, verse 19, it says, But I say, did Israel not know? First Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. He then quotes Isaiah 65, 1, but Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. But to Israel, he says, All day long, I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. So Paul is saying, all day long, I show you through scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior, to a people who continually rejects the message. However, he never stops. He is always ready to share the love of Jesus, no matter how much rejection he receives. The willingness to accept being put into prison for his belief, even then, he continues. And I wonder if we could say the same. You know, could you be willing to love and care for others with a fire that consumes every part of who you are that you just can't hold it in, even to those who continually reject your, the message that you're sharing? So just be consistent your love for others and don't take the rejection personally right it's not you they're rejecting it's not you they're mad at it may feel like it initially but if you just keep in your mind jesus said they will hate you for this message it's not you they're rejecting they're rejecting jesus so this past weekend um i went to fill up my uh gas tank this was a quick trip over by my house in olathe and as i swiped my card and maybe you guys have had this experience as i swiped my card I saw a lady on the other side of the pump uh, digging for her card to pay. She was bent over looking in her car and I could tell she was a little disheveled. And in my head, I heard, go pay for her gas. I shook it off for a second. Uh, then I realized, I'm like, wait a second. That is the Holy Spirit. What am I doing? I'm, and I was like, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm not listening to you. What do you want me to do? Say that again. And as as uh, as my pump was still filling, I walked around the other side while she was still digging in her car. And I said, without trying to scare her, because it can scare somebody these days, walking up somebody. (laughs) So if you do this, be very careful. Uh, Do not act like a ninja. I tried to make noise as I went around. (laughs) I said, excuse me, ma'am, would you mind if I paid for your gas tonight? She stood up, she looked at me and she said, why on earth would you do that? And I simply said, well, ma'am, I'm a Christian and I feel that God wants me to do this. And she said, "Okay, but only ten dollars." I told her, "I said that's not what God told me to do. I'm going to just go ahead and fill up your tank." And she was incredibly grateful, and she expressed how she was also a believer, that she was a Christian, that she hadn't attended church in a long time because of since COVID. Um, but I watched her as she was talking to me. Um, she was, she, I could tell it was hard for her to receive that um, receive that gift. And she was incredibly grateful. And I saw tears begin to uh, fill her eyes. And she told me that her husband died this past year from brain cancer and that her 46-year-old son was diagnosed recently with the same. And uh, she professed to be a believer. Um, and so you know, I, so we had that connection. And I told her, I said, well, I think the God was really just telling me to come to you and to remind you that he loves you. And whether she was a Christian or not, I don't know. However, what I know and believe is that God will use that moment to remind her of his love for her. And if a seed was planted for the next moment of faith uh, encounter in her life um, to water it, or if she was comforted as, as God's child, I felt confident that walking away from that moment, God used my, my obedience to his calling. Um, so intentionally listening for those Holy Spirit promptings can exponentially grow your heart and fuel the flame God has uh, in you to become an all-consuming fire. So if you're not walking with the Lord and uh, you maybe let that flame begin to die, now's the time to fuel it. Re-engage in your calling to share your faith. Lift your eyes up and listen for God's direction in moments throughout your day to love others. Ask someone's story. Maybe find that person that annoys you to death. Find that person, go talk to them, ask them about who they are, ask them about their interests. But the key is to listen, listening. you know. The other thing aspect is in loving the world is I want to encourage you to explore a missions trip and learn what it means to take the gospel around the world to other people groups. Like I said earlier, visit gracechurch.com slash mission trips. You can find out about the 12 to 13 that we have available. But I want to encourage you to let your relationship with God, your fire for God, fuel your desire to step outside of yourself. Now, as we close this message, listen, I'm a, I'm a, as we close this message and our series on fire, I'm, I'm a worship guy, right? So music, music speaks to my heart. It speaks to me a lot. Um, and I want to share a song with you guys. Um, but before I do that, I, I do hope that this series has been a challenge. It's been an encouragement and perhaps an awakening for you. Um, let me leave you with these lyrics. This is a song um, that meant a lot to me. It taught me so much about what worship is and what, what fuels Uh, missions and what we do with outreach. Uh, It's a song by Matt Redman called, Matt Redman called Missions Flame. It says, let worship be the fuel for missions flame. We're going with a passion for your name. We're going for we care about your praise. Send us out. Let worship be the heart of missions aim to see the nations recognize your fame till every tribe and tongue voices your praise. Send us out. You should be the praise of every tongue, Jesus. You should be the joy of every heart, but until the fullness of your kingdom comes, until the final revelation dawns, send us out. Every tribe, every tongue, every creature in the heavens and the earth, every heart, every soul will sing your praise. will sing your praise. Every note, every strain, every melody will be for you alone. Every harmony that flows from every tongue, will sing your praise. We will sing your praise. And I pray that for you. I pray that you would have God's your relationship and your worship with God consume you to the point that you can no longer contain it and hold it in because you want to share that message to the world. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we're so grateful for your grace and we're grateful for Jesus and I do pray that you would just uh, continue to work in our lives beyond this series uh, continuing to stir in our hearts to see people as you do and to see the world as you do, our neighbors our relationship with you. Consume us with your fire, Lord. We love you in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.